show hoppers lost season one episode 23 exodus part one i'm kurt joined by my former high school teacher mr sal hello there okay as always he says the same phrase and we are here at the final stages two more episodes kind of one they're supposed to be watched at the same time <laughs> after this one and we made the executive decision we made the decision we're going to review both episodes next week. You're going to get both episodes. If you're keeping up, watch both the episodes. How exciting. Mr. Sal. Kurt. Tell me tell me what you rated it. No, you got to. <laughs> doesn't work that way on this show. You know that. Well, do you have any things you want to tell me before I try to guess your rating? Uh, like what? Well, if you want to give me any hints. <laughs> um... I watched this episode. Okay. In its entirety. Oh, okay, thank you. Sometimes I don't do this. I stop a little early. You know, sometimes it, you're watching up to the leftovers, and you can kind of tell. Ah, I know how this meanders, so you just kind of stop. You know, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Like, not with Lost and the Leftovers. I haven't done this, but like, there have been so many movies and TV shows where I will basically sleep through the action sequences and just let, let me know when it's over tell me who won like i just don't care <laughs> you're not like superhero movies maybe no i don't i don't i don't yeah it's, wasn't it's, endgame your favorite movie though i've never seen endgame but it, but it's like you guys heard it first not me yeah wake me up when they start talking again like that, <laughs> that's basically my attitude toward action sequences but well, Anyway, this show does have probably one of, if not my favorite scenes. I know you loved that scene. Don't say anything about it. I know you loved it. Okay. Um. See, I'm gonna go with that. You at least gave it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be optimistic. You gave it a nine. Okay. You don't want to explain that at all. You just want to go with the nine. Ah, uh, okay. I'll explain it. So the flashbacks, they're all really nice for the terms of what they serve, which is just like a quick one-off for each character. Yeah. So. I think you gave the flashbacks really high. I think you like the main story. Which in the side story, if you want, maybe are we considering the raft the side story? To be honest with you, I or just all the story. I I couldn't distinguish whether the raft or the quest was the main story or the side story. So. I I agree. It's just two stories. Yeah. So I just rated them each. I I rated the raft and I rated the quest. I'm, I don't think you liked. I think you just liked it all. Oh, yeah, nine. It's just nine. Okay, so I this is either really good or really bad that you've taken long enough pause between like so hated it. Uh, no, I definitely didn't hate it. Uh, I don't think I. Th I think you're going to be a little disappointed in, in my reaction to it. Uh, I gave it an eight. Um, yeah, I gave it an eight, and, and I'll tell you why. And actually, I kind of explained it already. <laughs> <laughs> um i originally my knee-jerk reaction after watching this was this is a nine uh for sure but then like i thought about it i, I watched this about a week ago and as, the more i thought about it all week i was like I, you know i i don't remember pretty much anything that happened in this episode except you know they decided to go look for dynamite with danielle because the others are coming 
Uh, and the raft launched. I've not also watched this in a week, but so much happens. But does it? I mean, it's a lot of character interaction. Yeah, there's a lot of character interaction, and I and I liked some of it. I <laughs> guess which character interactions I liked the most. Locke and Sawyer interactions. Locke did virtually nothing. Oh no no no! I did. There was there was one scene that I really enjoyed with Locke. Anything with Sawyer. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Sawyer buoyed this episode for me, especially the scene between Sawyer and Jack. Yes, and that is that is yeah. definitely yeah. So, my, so that, that's probably my favorite scene. At least that's a se- scene I remember vividly. Yeah, I really like that. That was so awesome. Um, but when when I think about this, like the raft launched, okay, and there was you know the requisite emotions that go along with four people leaving the island. Um. And, you know, Danielle in the very, I mean, the very first scene, Danielle shows up and says they're coming. And then they decide, you know, the, the hatch, the hatch stuff was interesting. The, the, although I have a really, really major problem with something. About I know, that. I know, I know what's bothering you. And I, I don't want to, I, it, it's Hurley at the hatch. It's what's bothering yeah, you. It's yeah, really, I know, I know, I know what's bothering Yeah. I know what bothers you. And Danielle both at the hatch. Neither one of them noticing the numbers. <laughs> so, so I I feel like this is an episode that could have been done in about ten minutes. I totally disagree. Okay. Well, while I admit the events, you you're not doing the events justice enough because watching it along the way is just so. I mean. I guess, I guess you're right. Not a lot of event goes by, but all all the character interactions are so good. I give this a nine. Yeah. Okay. I, and I and I understand that. I mean, I I had it at a nine. My like I said, I enjoyed watching it, and my knee jerk was, oh yeah, that's a nine. That was that was fun to watch. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, but nothing really happened. <laughs> and I actually don't love the flashbacks. Really? Okay. Um, because I. I I mean, I don't know that I learned a whole lot about anybody from any of these flashbacks. Okay, you can be right. I, I can agree to that. You don't learn a whole lot from the flashbacks. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. I, but, uh, so, I, like I said, I originally had it at a 9, and ultimately I had it at an 8. It's a high 8. Like, th- there's only one 8 that I like more than this. And this is, and I've actually kind of shuffled the order of my rankings in the past day or so because i think that i i'm not giving enough credit to one particular episode uh and that is special uh because i really in retrospect really love special for how much like it's my favorite eight. Oh, okay i i might even bump it up to a nine i might bump it to a nine but so i i ranked this episode right behind that one so it's like my second favorite eight mm-hmm. so okay well maybe 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 you can change your ranking back up to a nine for this episode. I very well might you might talk me into it so let's, let's, let's do it okay well we start off on a flashback and it's walt this is kind of walt's flashback this is probably my favorite flashback in the episode <laughs> it's really I, I love this flashback and all it is is Walt's awake watching TV at like five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and Mike tells him, hey, turn it off, turn it down, and Walt just turns it up? <laughs> yep. Which, is that how kids are? Do kids just do the opposite of what you say? Um, so, it, it, depends. it depends on the kid, it depends on the adult, and it depends on the relationship that you have. Okay, well, so it is. I, I don't think my kids would ever do this to me. <laughs> so that's such a betrayal of trust way, like, I... Oh. I would be completely shocked if my kids ever did this to me. But I have taught students who I know would do this to me. I would love the shock in your face if your kids did this to you. Just up the volume in your face. Yeah. Well, Mike gets angry and turns off the TV. And uh, what's it? Walt gets mad. And he, he brings out the B word. Brian, your favorite guy. Your favorite name in the series. And yeah, you know, Brian's would have let me watch the TV. He would have let me watch it as loud as I wanted to. And he storms out into the hallway with Vince and starts yelling for Mike to leave him alone. Which is probably an embarrassing moment. Uh, can you relate to that at all? Being embarrassed with your yeah. kids in public? Oh, God, yes. Holy cow. I always feel bad for adult, like parents that have like a crying kid in public and they're very clearly like embarrassed by it. Oh, man. I tell you, I, f- I felt physical pain when he was doing this because what the hell is he supposed to do? I you- know. <laughs> What what do you do in that situation? Like it, he says, it's okay. I'm his father, but like, how do people know that he's mm-hmm. his father? Like he could be a kidnapper. The guy and, just says, yeah, okay, and goes back his door. You know, like who knows? Like any like people could respond to this in any number of ways, and all you want to do is get the kid to, to just stop screaming. Like you can you can hate like you start to like frantically barking with them it's okay you can hate me it's fine but please just stop screaming (laughs) (laughs) anything but screaming yeah oh my god or can you come back into the room and scream like just don't don't scream in the hallway but anyway i i love this because i think it's so easy to forget that when that plane crashed they had only known each other for like two days yeah they're they're strangers to each other basically oh yeah yeah and it, it, yeah, we immediately go back to the present time with Walt waking up right by Mike, kind of like the juxtaposition of how they are now. Yeah, I love that. He's much closer. Yeah. So Walt wakes up. He goes for a nice morning pee in the jungle. <laughs> it's fine. And he stares into the jungle and he sees a woman stepping out of the jungle. Uh, I think you meant to say he manifests a woman. Ah, so you think he manifests a woman? I don't actually. But... No, <laughs> we see Rousseau. Finally, so you agree last scene was pretty good. Favorite flashback. This scene, come on. We see Rousseau coming. And you're probably questioning, I'm questioning, everyone's questioning, what's Rousseau doing here? She's armed, she's looking around, and she doesn't quite spot Walt yet. So Walt's kind of following her around. Eventually, Rousseau steps onto the beach and spots Walt. So Walt runs off, yells for Mike. Mike wakes up, and everyone wakes up. And they kind of get ready and confront around Rousseau. But they, you know... <laughs> Actually, Sawyer, the, the master of exposition, says, this must be the French chick. <laughs> so, oh, so Sawyer, let's have a this must be the French chick. And, uh, you know, there's a big crowd that forms. Rousseau even looks at Claire's baby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah, she, she really eyeballs this thing. Eyeballs the baby, which, I mean, if you have memories of what happened. Do you remember what happened to her? Actually, she talks about it anyway, so we'll talk about that yeah, in a moment. I did not know that this happened to her, so she's just about to tell us. But Oh, okay. So, uh, Saeed confronts her, so to ask her what she's doing here. 
And Rishu tells them that the others are coming. Yep. What? Mr. Stout, what? You know what I say to that? What? About friggin' time. <laughs> how long did this coming? How long ago did Ethan die? That was like episode 13. It's been like 10 episodes since he died. Why are they just now coming? Maybe he wasn't part of the others. I don't know. We don't quite know what the others are. We don't know if there's the others or the others and the other others. Like, yeah. we don't really know. I guess not. But what we do know is that they're apparently coming, and Rousseau's come here to warn the survivors about them. Hmm. So, what do you think's the plan of action here that they're told that the others are coming? You mean what do I? What would I yeah. do? Yeah. What? what do you? Yeah. Huh. Well, she said that they have three choices. You run, you hide, or you die. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, she tells that to them once they come back from the intro, yeah. I mean, I definitely like the idea of hiding. <laughs> because I'm not a very fast runner, and I would rather not die. <laughs> where, okay, this is a good question. Then. Where would you hide? <laughs> like, where's your, where's your optimal hiding spot? I mean, it's a friggin' jungle. So you, think, you you don't think they'll track you down? Your company just hide somewhere in the jungle? I, I I don't know. I don't know how that how that works. I mean, the idea of the hatch is terrifying, and I don't think there's any way you can comfortably fit forty people in that. Hatch. We don't know how big the hatch is because they haven't dug down to the bottom of it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hatch the hatch could be the whole island. Mm-hmm. It could also be like the smallest sardine can you've ever seen. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows they'll even open the hatch? Although you seem very confident that they will. Oh, I'm reasonably certain. That, Based on that next week, we're going to be talking about them opening the hatch. <laughs> I mean, that is their objective. I'm also reasonably certain that Michael, Walt, Sawyer, and Jen aren't going very far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I can recall from last week, your bet was that ha- that raft was not going to set sail. Okay. And it looks like that thing floats quite well. Quite fast. I don't know. You know, it looked huge on the island. Once I saw four people on it in the middle of the ocean, I was like, that thing, oh my god. No, <laughs> no chance I'm getting on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're going, Mr. Sal. They're going. They're going. We'll talk about that more. But... Yeah, okay. All right, what's going to stop them? So, uh, Rousseau explains her backstory about her ship and her uh, six-man team, or six-person team, and she was pregnant at the time. She delivered. She was with her baby for only a week, and then she saw black smoke five kilometers inland, and then they came, the others. They took her baby, Alex, and that that was that. So, was so a girl, by the way. Huh? Girl Alex, not boy Alex. Yeah, girl Alex. Actually, okay. I don't remember if the baby was a girl. I don't remember. Said uh, it was baby girl. Okay, baby girl. So her baby girl, Alex. Yeah. Uh, and Rousseau warns them that the others are coming again for you. Yep. Uh, and so, and that's where she gives them the three choices: run, hide, or die. So, do you think the others are coming? What do you think they're coming for? Okay, I mean, the way she has set this up is that having a baby on the island triggers the others. <laughs> so, you think my, that's the case? Right. I. Well, I mean, I also know that Ethan was obsessed with Claire. Yeah. Only Claire. So, I mean, she's cute, but I don't think that's why he was obsessed with her. <laughs> yeah. But, 
you know, I, so I, I'm, I'm thinking that it has something to do with birthing on the island. Um, I, I don't know why or, or what, but that, that, that's the assumption that I'm making. Yeah, the others are coming for Claire's baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, By the way, uh, two things that I want to mention before we go any further than this. You, you do know what exodus means, right? Like to exit, leave? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it's also, leaving? it's also a book of the Bible. It's oh, okay. The book in uh, which Moses leads the Jewish, uh, frees the Jewish people from slavery of the Egyptians and takes them out of Egypt. Is that, is that where he parts the Red Sea? Yes. So that there is that. Did they get uh, lost? D- <laughs> I mean, I not. They, they wander through the desert for quite a while. <laughs> but. Uh, so, so I, I want to make sure that I don't, that I don't forget about that at least when I when we watch. It. So, this this gonna be a pretty long shout back, but um, when we recorded the Black Mirror episode, the USS Callister one, you said you had something you wanted to say, but then like, oh, I'll save it for Lost. Yeah, I totally forgot what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, okay. says, it was something about timey wimey. I think. I I can't remember. I have no clue. I'm so disappointed. In myself. I just to, I've been waiting for weeks. <laughs> I can't believe that I didn't write that down. But well, so, uh, my we, to you and the listeners. I do have one other thing I want to say before we move on. But true. okay, uh, this black pillar of smoke might it be considered an Axis Mundi? Oh, an Axis Mundi! Look at that. <laughs> Well, what is an Axis Mundi for the listeners that don't oh, know? That's a great question, Kurt. I'm glad you asked. It's sort of like a spiritual bridge between worlds. Wow, and how do you know that? Uh, I know that from Season 2, Episode 1 of The Leftovers, which is entitled Axis Mundi. So, uh, oh. But Axis Mundi was, was very uh, much popularized in shamanistic cultures, uh, and it also is symbolized usually by tall things like a pillar of smoke or a pillar in general <laughs> um so th- these things frequently symbolize a, a bridge between worlds so i'm wondering if these others are somehow linked to another uh dimension or to something spiritual or something like that mm-hmm. i have a very i, I don't want to call it a fear because i don't i don't you know don't that fear I, anything Oh, I definitely do, but, <laughs> I, try to keep it. but I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not afraid this is going to happen. I'm reasonably certain that it's going to happen. So I'll run this by you. You don't, you don't have to respond obviously, but my, my assumption is that we are going to see these others and there won't be any real recognizable characters among them until season two when more well-known actors and actresses who weren't in season one uh, become are, are part of the others. And we just didn't see them in season one because they weren't cast yet. I want to say that personally. Okay. Necessarily. But I will also say um, maybe that is the case. Okay. Who knows? No, right. one, no, one, no one can know. It's like some uh, Brodinger's cat thing. No one knows until we see for ourselves. We'll collapse into one reality. Sounds good. Both at the same time. Well, anyway, between run, hide, and die, I would choose hide. I would just run. If you constantly run laps around this island, they'll never be able to catch you. 
Okay, good luck. I'll just, I'll just forever run around the island. All right. <laughs> so, I, having said that, if I'm going to hide, I do not want to hide with Turniped. No, he's going to cry, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I hide with Walt either, no offense. He's a young child. Also, he also wills things into being, but seems like maybe you do want to be with him. Maybe he can warn you. I don't know if he's a blessing or a curse to be around. Yeah, honestly, like, Walt is... Walt is the most low-key interesting character on this show. <laughs> I know, you're very interested in Walt. I, I like, wonder why, I don't know why at all you'd be interested I in Walt. really wish that they would do more with him. Don't like, worry, Mr. Sam. He could be on a level with, like, Kate, Jack, Sawyer, Saeed. Like, he should be on a level with them. But he's, but only, he's only, like, ten. No. Well, actually, I take that back. Locke should be, like, on his own level. Locke is on his own pedestal. What about Sawyer? Sawyer is not below that. Okay. And Sawyer is still my favorite character, by the way. Yeah. But he's a notch below Locke. Because Locke is, like... I think there's so much that we just don't even know about Locke yet. That is, is so going to be very, very interesting. Um, and I don't think Sawyer is necessarily going to get more interesting. So... Anyway, uh, Locke, Sawyer, Locke and Sawyer, th- there we go. Locke and Sawyer should be on their level. And then should come Walt. And then anyone else. Then Walt and Saeed, and then Kate and Jack. <laughs> the yeah. tier list. What about Hurley and Charlie? They're, they're significantly further down. <laughs> Even Hurley? I, I mean, if Hurley wants to... If, if Hurley wants to be interesting in any episode other than numbers then that would be very nice i i, I might bump him up okay <laughs> he's always yeah. interesting and only interesting in one of these 23 episodes well we'll see if he gets more interesting in the finale i hope so moving will you have anything else to say no i'm good okay, so moving on uh after now the survivors have learned of what russo has warned them we see a black and black lock and jack walking and talking on the beach Discussing uh, what Rousseau has said. Jack questions the validity. You know, she, she must be a little nutty, Locke, if you listen to her. And Locke wants to give her credence. So Jack tells Locke, tell her, you handle the what-ifs, I'm going to handle the raft. So, almost like, you know, it, they don't really, like, divide power here. Because Jack will go on to help with the di- TNT, or dynamite, I mean. But, mm-hmm. whatever. So... This is where we hear about the raft and how it's doing. All Mike has to do is finish the rudder and lay the rails to the wider, and this this raft should be good to go, right? And all he needs is his limiting factor, his, like, rate limiting factor, manpower. Do you know what rate limiting factor is? I do. I actually... Oh, wow. That's a nerdy thing. Of course I know you teach kids. But what's slowing him down the most, he needs manpower. Mm -hmm. So uh, Mike even thinks he could finish today. So, you know, Jack gets some, whatever, other survivors to help get the logs for the rails. And uh, every, this is where we get, like, a little group communion scene. How do you feel about this scene? Everyone's together, and they're trying to push the boat down to the water. But it messes up, and the mast falls off. Uh, Mike and Sawyer kind of get frustrated and blame each other. So I'm trying to think of the purpose of this scene. Okay, and the, there are only two things I can possibly think of. One is uh, the the nice thing to think about, which is that it gives Sawyer an opportunity to have the conversation with Jack. <laughs> okay, 
that's the first possibility and, and it is very possible that the scene is only there so that sawyer feels like he has to prove his worth and starts chopping that tree which happens to be where jack is okay the the second possibility is that well, this... no, that's not where jack ha- jack goes out of his way to find sawyer he gives him a gun that's right so forget it okay so then most likely this scene is only here because they need to drag this story out to stretch to fill an episode i mean i guess but they could have dragged it out just because oh we still have to finish the raft like uh but then yeah but i think i think you wanted to tease the carrot of oh the raft's gonna get there no i think it's more of teasing the carrot i'm not i'm not a fan of this okay i see what you mean this is one of the one of the sticking points of the episode for me. Okay, they messed up getting the raft into the water. Uh, mast falls off, and Walt spots. Uh, you know, hey, everyone, stop! And for everyone to look, and up above, believe it or not, it's an Axis Mundi. It's a black pillar of smoke. Now, yep. my question to you is: Was Rousseau right, or did Walt will this into being? Oh. Well, it's the first one to spot it. Oh, I like that. I had not thought about that possibility. I see. This is the thing. I need to always think more about Walt, but I'm very afraid to think more about Walt because I'm going to end up liking my version of the story better than theirs. <laughs> we don't want to think about Walt. Yeah, I know. I'm, that's why I'm, I'm going to say no. Daniel was right. Yeah, Daniel's right. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. Okay. We we get a Jack, Saeed, and Hurley, I think, as well, start asking Rousseau questions about the smoke, how she knows. And Rousseau lets him know, hey, I told you everything I know, and you guys got to start worrying, because I can run away into the jungle, but you guys have 40 people. You, know, mm. you can't just run and hide. So, uh, Jack and Locke kind of exchange looks at each other, and now... We jump cut right to the hatch. We're at the hatch with Locke, Rousseau, Hurley, Jack, and Saeed. Yes. And they start talking about the hatch some more. And this is this is another carrot over the stick. Because you're like, oh, there's Rousseau and Hurley. Two people that know the numbers. Rousseau doesn't associate them with as much of a bad look. She just knows the numbers. I mean, she did keep writing them down. How is this a carrot and a stick? Because they're teasing you, I feel like. like at all. Oh, okay. The yeah. same way the raft they teased you. They, they, they just whack me with the stick and yeah. And, and, you go to bite the carrot. It's a fake carrot. It's like brick, painted, yeah. and then they hit you. It with the stick. all my teeth. Breaks all your teeth. You get hit with the stick. Really hard stick. Very dense. It's made of like platinum. Petrified wood. <laughs> You're just in real big pain. So <laughs> because sadly, this whole scene. Rousseau and Hurley never see the numbers on the hatch. Now, I think this is purposeful by the show creators, because they know the two people that know the numbers on the hatch, like, you know, that's meaningful to them, is Rousseau and Hurley. Maybe Locke, you you suspected. I love that idea. I hope it's true. Possibly Locke. We don't know. But we know for certain Rousseau and Hurley. Mm -hmm. Um. Both of them happen to be here, though neither of them see the numbers. So this, to me, this is... You think you don't like the like the raft thing? You, you question that's a carrot on the stick? I think that this is a total tease. So they bring them both here. We've seen the numbers on the hatch. 
and they yeah. just never they just never get close enough to see the numbers on the hatch. I, I mean, they, they were right there. They were right there. There's no way for them to avoid seeing those numbers. Okay, no, I I think they, there's a very easy way for them to avoid seeing those numbers. They don't like walk around the hatch, you know, but they don't see the numbers. Now nah, this this is like a massive plot hole to me. You think it's a massive plot hole? Yeah. I don't, I I do not think it's a plot hole. You think that they intentionally put these two characters there to intent to actually not see the numbers? I'm. What, what's the other reason to bring Hurley here? Honestly, I, I, that's why I can't figure it out. Because they they know they know what they're doing. Because they no, they know what they're doing. I know they know what they're doing. Okay, but I don't think it's a plot hole. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well then I I I don't love it. I I don't I don't like it at all. Actually. I'm with you. This this is probably my biggest complaint in the whole episode. Is this scene? Yeah, like don't. I mean, you're asking me to believe that neither one of them saw these numbers. Like I I don't I don't believe it. I can believe how neither of them saw the numbers just because of the distance they are. There's a lot to look at in the hatch. Why you look at like the board around it? I can totally believe why they didn't see the numbers. I just think it's ridiculous that they had this scene where it's the two people that know the numbers, but neither of them get to actually see the numbers. Yeah. Such such a tease. Such a tease. Uh, Do you think it's just deliberately... I think a deliberate uh, carrot on a stick. Get all these viewers so excited that they're going to see the numbers? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that is garbage. That makes me like it even less. Uh, yeah, I don't like this at all. Not one bit that they do this. So... Um, you have the plan of hiding, and so does uh, Locke and Jack and so on and so forth, to, hey, let's hide in the hatch. If we can open the hatch somehow, we could hide in it. And Saeed still does not want to go down the hatch. Uh, yeah. You know, he cites, you know, we don't even know who these others are. We don't know how dangerous they are. This might even be their hatch. <laughs> we have no clue what's in this hatch. We shouldn't go down it. Back to when he talked about it before, there's not even a handle on it, right? Maybe it's not made to be open. Mm-hmm. And Rousseau is is basically everyone except Saeed's on board with opening up this hatch. And Locke asks Rousseau if she has any more explosives like she used in her booby trap before. Mm-hmm. And Rousseau tells him about the dynamite at the Black Rock. Which, yep. Hmm. Where did we hear about that before? Oh, several places. Okay. <laughs> we heard about the Black Rock. Mostly from Danielle, but also in Claire's journal. Claire's room. Hmm. Check with Black Rock at some point. Um, hey, let me ask you a question. Do I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out how Danielle knows that the others are coming because I, I'm assuming that Pillar was not there before. That's a very good question. How she knows they're coming? She never really tells us how she knows they're coming. No, I wonder if we get any more on that later. But like I say, like that that Pillar wasn't there when she arrived and then she talks about it and then it is there. But then on top of that, like what is her incentive? Why does she want to even warn them anyway? What does she care? Well, so the last time we see her, so it's her interacting with Hurley. Yeah. And she probably has the most like heart to heart with the person we've seen. We saw how she was with Saeed and they did get close, but that their interaction does end with Saeed. Attempting to shoot uh, her. Hurley and 
Rousseau's scene ends with Hurley and her hugging, and it's much more wholesome. Do you think that they formed a bond that makes her want to warn him? I, I think it's a bond enough that when Rousseau, however she finds out that the others are on the way, uh, decides to warn the survivors, yeah. How she finds out, we don't quite know. I wish we did. Okay. Maybe she's part of the others. Oh, Kurt. Nah, that couldn't be. He's obviously not. That couldn't be. No, it's ridiculous. It's, it's not obvious at all. You're very well. <laughs> I, I could imagine you being on the end, like, but Rousseau, how do we know you're not part of the others? I'm, I'm not. Mm. That's yeah. exactly what uh, the others imposter would say. She's a silent. Well, they decide to go to the Black Rock to get uh, the dynamite to blow open the hatch. Uh, and they have to leave soon, within the hour, because then it'll be dark and hard to move around the jungle when it's dark, understandably. You know, it's so funny because everything seems so far away in, in the early episodes of the series. It does, uh, but you know what? I'll give them, I'll, I will give them that they've probably gotten much better at walking through the jungle. Uh, you probably start kind of even getting a bit of a pathway when you keep going. You know, if everyone keeps walking along the same way, treads the ground, kind mm. of like push out and like destroy the shrubbery and stuff in the way that it probably becomes much easier compared to the first time you have to walk through the jungle. Right. Oh. I agree. That... But like it took me like three days to get to Danielle and it, and you know, Hurley got there and back in a day, you know, uh, the, the, the black rock, they were, Saeed has spent the entire season trying to decipher these maps to the black rock, but they're going to be able to get there and back. Well, no, they know they they already knew what the Black Rock was. They just didn't know what was at the Black Rock. Okay. And and I don't think Said Said didn't even know how to get to it from where they were. So like, he didn't know where they were on the map. Exactly okay. either. And, and anyway, Rousseau's the one that leads them to the Black Rock. Yes. Anywho, so I don't think they even really knew how to get to the Black Rock. To be honest. Is the the radio tower or whatever it is, is that near the Black Rock? No. Oh, okay. At least we don't know. It's not, it's not said that it is. It's never thought, said that the Black Rock and the radio tower are by each other. I thought Russo said that in numbers, but maybe not. Might have. I know she talked about the radio tower. Yeah. How she changed the, the broadcast there, but I don't think she said by the Black Rock. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. But we get a Jack flashback here. A Jack back. Jack back. Flash Jack is back with the flashback, talking oh. about his Jump. sad Jump. Mac, Mac back. Jumping flashback. Okay, <laughs> so he's at an airport bar, and we have a lady that sits down, introduces herself to him. Her name's Anna Lucia. Yep. Which I love. I love that last name, Lucia. I don't know it's a catchy. She has a good ringtone. Her name Anna Lucia. So that's good. Anna Lucia is her first name. Oh, there you go. That's oh, okay. That was her first and last name. Now it might be a first and middle name, but I mean, she she goes by that whole name as her first name. Okay, right. fair enough. I'll call her Anna. No, I'll call her Anna Lucia. It's fun to say. Yeah, Anna Lucia. You're not uh, gonna say it much, at least not in this episode. Oh, whoa! What was that confidence there? <laughs> 
So uh, we have she confronts Jack about oh what were you why were you yelling at that checkout lady the airport lady, and uh, she, you know she lets him know I'm on your flight. I heard you're talking about you know your dead dad, which is pretty pretty like outgoing and they they have a bit of a conversation and it, it it's a bit flirtatious definitely flirtatious because she even asked jack like oh why don't you have your ring on are you married and jack says he's not married anymore so he is uh certainly divorced good thing we got those flashbacks in his last episode yeah so you know he's divorced now <laughs> uh and uh it it we also learn about their seat numbers uh, yeah. Alicia hates the fly. She has a crummy seat in the back, 42F. Jack is in the front. Yeah. 23B. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and Alicia even offers a trade. Jack declines. <laughs> Good for Jack. And, and Alicia does. She she comforts Jack that the worst part is over in terms of losing uh, his dad, which is, you know, sweet. And she must go because she gets a she gets a call or something. She has to. Walk off and make it. And, uh, yeah. we, we can talk after the plane. You know, hey, let's, let's chat afterward. Though, don't see her as a survivor. We have not. So, rip, <laughs> rip, Anna Lucia. I mean, maybe. Oh, maybe. I mean, according to you, I not according to me. According to the radio that Boone died too. Okay, that's according to you. Okay, according to me. They said we are the survivors of Flight 815, so maybe she's still alive. Uh, but according to the closed captioning on Hulu, according to the Wikipedia page, I have the correct interpretation of it. According to the closed captioning on Hulu, what they said was there were no survivors of Flight 8. Those closed captioning people don't know the difference between a rock and like a sleeping bag, okay? There's a no offense. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, so what do you think about the Jack flashback there? Do you think Anna Lucia is alive? Is that what you're implicating? Okay. If Anna Lucia is not alive, then I don't know why we have this flashback. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically going, either she's alive or Kirby flashback. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, if she's alive, this is a great flashback. Wow. We want to know who she is. If she's not alive, then I don't know why we have this. Okay. So indifferent right now. Questionable uh, feelings towards this flashback. Yes. That's Understandable. a good one. Uh, we have Jack returning to the beach. So they, they had gone to the hatch. He returns to the beach. Let's everyone know that they have a plan and that they have to go into the jungle to get supplies. Mm. Uh, so while well, we're going... Oh, what, what? The element of supplies. Ah, yes, the element of supplies. <laughs> so, well, ev- well, we're going into the jungle to get supplies. You guys help with the raft, all of you. And then afterward, go to the caves where you'll be safe. Uh, and after he gives his little speech to everyone, Arts, your favorite, your favorite high school chemistry teacher, goes up to Jack they after his... Huh? They never say chemistry. I have a theory that he is not, in fact, chemistry, but rather... Earth uh, science? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense based on his yeah. feeling on the monsoons. But he goes to Jack after his impassioned speech and, uh, you know, tells 
about how his plan is a little flawed, but hey, no one's perfect. And tells him, hey... And, and basically pulls apart Jack's plan of, like, going to get the dynamite. Hey, you should bring me with you, because I know what I'm doing with dynamite. Very strange. And, and how did he figure out about the plan, Mr. Sal? Remember? About what plan? Jack's plan to go get the dynamite, because he doesn't share it with the group. No, he didn't say anything. Yeah, do you, do, do you remember what Art said? Yeah, he he said if you if you have if you want to keep a secret, don't tell the fat guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking about Hurley. Yeah, he's talking about Hurley, which is great because remember do you remember the last episode what Hurley yeah. did? Yeah, it's a great point. It's uh, a he, great point. I warned you, he's 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 a, he's a big blabbermouth because he gave up Kate's secret accidentally to Locke, and yeah. uh, we learned in that same episode he had told Steve about the polar bear. So, yeah, Hurley is terrible at keeping secrets. <laughs> Is the yep. ongoing thing here. Don't tell Hurley secrets. He's bad at keeping them. Yep. So, we're gonna go get the dynamite, and uh, Arts offers to handle the dynamite so people don't blow themselves out, and they leave in thirty minutes. So, so Arts is like it's it's interesting because he was not a character until last episode. I, he wasn't. You're right, and now he's a character, and you better start getting used to Arts. Now he's on this quest with the main characters. Yeah, I'm. T- Arts is here to stay. The Arts is the Arts is now a character, Mister Sal. Apparently, do you like Arts? Uh, I mean, I do because his name means doctor in German, and he is doctor, so he's like doctor, doctor. <laughs> Maybe that was his like joke when he said he's a doctor. Yeah, but Man, I did not get that joke. But now that you said his name is, is Doctor and Chairman, I like to think that's what he's going. That's what he's going for. Oh, you think he's not actually a doctor? He's just saying. No, that... I think he's just saying. Maybe he is, though. I don't know. Oh, uh, well, that makes me like him less. Oh, okay. I don't know. But let's, I don't know. He might actually be like have a doctorate. I don't know. Anyway, he's entertaining enough, and uh, yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. I don't love the idea of make giving such a big role to a new character this late in the game mm-hmm. but you know he, but he he's okay he's, he's fine he's doing what he's got to do to keep this crew afloat speaking of crew we have mike commanding everyone to help uh you know get this raft in order and he goes to fix the rudder with Jin, and then afterward they're going to do the masts and this is where we get so this is where sawyer tries to help he goes up to mike hey can i help but Mike's like, no, 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 I work fast with Jin. It's just, it's just fast the way we do it. Yeah. Basically, just, you know, no, so don't even bother helping. It's like, a, it's like a little kid trying to help an adult, and they're like, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, no. don't help me. Okay. Sawyer. I did feel some, some sympathy for Sawyer here. But oh, thank God he said no to Sawyer because we get the one-on-one scene. I know. <laughs> Who knows if we would have told Jack if they were in public? So, well, beforehand, we get Sawyer's flashback. How do you feel about Sawyer's flashback? I I mean it was it was fine. There's there's not much to get from it except for I think this is the first time you get his name. No, he gave his name to the guy he killed. Shrimp guy, yeah. Okay, so you already know it's James Ford. Okay. Well, I didn't know it was Ford, but I knew it was James. Oh, okay. So there you go. So James Ford is his full name. So we he sat. This is where we see him in the Aussie police station. Uh, the detective, uh. Reminds him, hey, you were here three nights ago. You were in a bar fight, and you broke you broke my mug. But that's not what you're in trouble for right now. Yeah. You headbutted 
Warren Trust, the Minister of Agriculture. Uh, sorry, disputes. You know, I I didn't do a first, but they said they have witnesses. Is what it is. And this Australian detective just goes into Sawyer. He's like, I have your record here. You have a long rap sheet, James Ford. And just, I, I, I don't have his crimes listed, but Sawyer has a lot of crimes on his sheet. Yes. And he calls him like a blight, a stain, a con man, and just, just roasts into Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> he, he basically just, well, he deports him. And yeah, you know, he questions Sawyer, like, how do you even live with yourself? And then he lets him know, you're not even worth incarceration. You're being deported. Never come back. Yep. So, that's how Sawyer leaves Australia, how we know, and why he was in that police station. He got in a bar fight. Probably didn't have a good night after that night he killed uh, the wrong Sawyer. Okay. But he's been in the police station twice. We know about one. We don't know what he did the other time. What do you mean? Well, okay. you don't know why he's doing back here? Right. Oh, I presume he's been in jail. The oh. Last three nights. I see. That's what I just presumed. Okay, this is his release. Which is not so much as a, a, a release as a deportation. That's what I just assumed it was, but I don't actually know. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Okay. That, that, that was my outlook on it, was... He's been held. Yeah. And now they're just getting rid of him. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Might not be the case. So we get back to... Oh, anything else on that flashback? I'm going to get much to say on that. All these flashbacks are pretty... They just kind of reinforce what we believe on the character. There's nothing too new on them. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. And I know. Listen. Next episode... You, you, I don't think... I think it's all... Other characters that get flashbacks next next episode. Okay. Actually, I'm very confident because I know Locke, Hurley. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's all different characters that get flashbacks. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you this you're going to like the Hurley flashback. I hope you have the numbers written down and I hope you have a keen eye. I write the numbers down at the on the first page of my notes in every episode. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this that you will um you'll see a lot of them in Hurley's flashbacks. Uh, how many can you spot? <laughs> Looking forward to it. I mean, I can spot eight, fifteen. Is it fourteen, fifteen, or fifteen, sixteen? I can't. I don't remember. Remember, I have to look it up. Okay, twenty-three and forty-two. Okay, fifteen. So it's oh, not eight. Did I say eight? Eight's in there. It's eight fifteen. Cause it's slide eight fifteen. Okay. Oh, let's eight somewhere in there. Yes. So yeah. So it's four. Well. Okay. But it's eighteen, right? Might be. I don't know. I saw there's an eight somewhere. The way the way that the guy says it to Hurley, it's four, eighteen, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. Those are that's that's how he wins the lottery. It's those okay. numbers. So there, there's eighteen followed. No, no, there's no eighteen. It's four, eight, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. It is go. Yeah, yeah, it has to escalate because it's the way the lottery works. Yeah, it's good. Right. So 8, 15, 16, 23, I just got to remember four in the beginning. So I think I have memorized mostly. I, I think we, we kind of glossed over it when we talked about the seed stuff. But it was kind of, those are the bad numbers, 42 and 23, uh, Anna Lucia and Jack's numbers. Those are um, the bad ones? They, are they, is 42 and 23? 
yeah, th yeah those are those are their seat numbers yeah yeah th th those are those are seat numbers and those are also part of the the numbers yes they are so, i kind of insinuated that but i didn't say it out loud so i'll make sure i say that those are part of the numbers the evil numbers that do horrid things once you release them which is the reason mr style doesn't want to open the hatch i mean madman I I I think you know if Walt's telling me not to do it, then I don't do it. I do feel that Locke still wants to open the hatch. Very strange. Like he, you know, he knows. I think he knows what Walt's power is. But he saw inside the light that was the hatch. Why? Why would Locke want to open the hatch even though Walt told him not to? Huh. Odd. It is. Well, we'll have to see in the next episode, possibly, if they can ever open the hatch. Yeah. Away from the flashback to what is probably my favorite scene of the season, arguably. Would you? Would you agree? Would you? Do you think that this? I'm I, I'm rating this scene too highly. You know, I mean, up to this point, my favorite scene was Sawyer and Christian in the bar, and they're they're so closely linked. I, I love that scene too. I, don't I, know. I, I, this one just, I, it keep, I keep the memory in me. I love the scene. I guess this is, this is like the wrap up of all that story. Between yeah. Sawyer, Christian, Jack. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely my favorite scene of the episode. Like, not, not even oh, close. Oh, yeah. It's definitely the best scene of the episode. Yeah. Arguably my favorite scene of the entire season. I understand okay. it's not yours. This is mine, though. No, it, it might be. It, it, it might be. If it's either this or Sawyer's with Christian. But it, uh, I, I could agree with that one if you wanted to uh, not pick this, but really good. So we have Sawyer chopping some bamboo, trying to help out uh, the raft crew with this mast. Jack comes up to give him a gun in case he ever needs it. For whatever reason on the raft, if he needs a gun, Sawyer's got one. So that's sweet. Good choice by Jack. Which, yeah, I, I guess Jack right now is more concerned about other things. And, you know, he's just, he just, I don't want to say an autopilot, but I mean, I guess if he, if he wants to give someone on the raft a gun, and Sawyer's the only one that knows how to use a gun on the raft, I guess okay. he gets the gun. I guess the other thing is, is he had told Locke earlier, like, his his priority was this raft, and he's he's just ditching it. Well, because I think now the raft is now like he can't help too much at all with the raft now, mm. and now yeah. he's also now now I think he was more in disbelief about what Rousseau said, but once he saw the black pillar of smoke, like Rousseau warned, mm -hmm. he gave it much more credence. Nah, that's a good point. So I think I think he's in belief that the others are coming, and so he wants to protect the people on the island. That makes sense. And to protect them. We gotta go down this hatch. Go down this hatch. We gotta get the dynamite to blow it up. So, uh, Jack gives Sawyer a gun. Use that in case you need it, Sawyer. Au revoir. Goodbye. It is what it is. And Sawyer hesitates as he walks away and goes, Hey, Jack, this is the last time we'll see each other. Good Goodbye. And Jack just kind of thinks about it. It's like, oh, yeah. Good luck, Sawyer. And <laughs> he goes to walk off again. Sawyer stops him again. Oh. So did you did you have the feeling that Sawyer was gonna break the news? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, he's gonna tell him. And and that he does in the most Sawyer way possible. He tells him a little story about a doctor he met, a man in a bar. He was also an American, a doctor as fact, and he was on quite the bender. Yep. This guy he had a son. Son was also a doctor, and they had some real a big time uh, falling out. The guy knew it was his fault, even though his son was back in the states thinking the same damn thing. And yep. I love I love this quote. You see, kids are like dogs. You knock them around enough. They'll think they did something to deserve it. Oh, you know. Anyway, there's a payphone in this bar, and this guy, and this is this is where the music tunes in, right? Once he says, once he says the name, Christian. Oh, yeah, Astro gives it credence because he's never heard of a Jack's dad's name prior to this. Tells me he wish he had the stones to pick up the phone. Calls kid, tell me sorry, and that he's a better doctor than he'll ever be. What was that? Yeah. Oh, good quality. Yeah, uh, and he's proud. He loves him. I had to take off, but something tells me he never got around to making that phone call. And small world, huh? Hey, go on that. And that is a running theme in Lost uh, about it being a small world. I I hope so. It is it is a it is a bit of a running theme. I being a small world. I, I, mean, I love that. I I'm so into that. I want the, they could lean into that as heavily as they want, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, oh, that's good. How uh, how sweet, how how nice. I just ah, it, Jack is so sad, so sweet ah. It's just the feelers. This is this is a great scene. It's amazing. It's so- amazing scene. Final goodbyes between Jack and Sawyer. Yep. Ah, hate to see him go. I I, I think you're gonna be okay. Don't worry. So, oh well. To which we now get Kate's flashback. Uh, here. Which is, uh, she's, uh, with the marshal. They're in some sort of, like, back room with another, some sort of law official. Going through the marshal's, uh, case, questioning, okay, why, why do you have this toy? Why do you have five guns? And Marshall talks about this toy belonged to Kate's childhood sweetheart that she got killed some years ago. And how he used it as bait, knowing that she'd come for it. And talks about this robbery she did. And didn't even go for the money in the bank, but just went for this uh, airplane toy. And he's, you know, he keeps taunting Kate about, what's what's that guy's name again? And Kate gets mad. It was Tom. Tom was his name. And, you know, that's he kind of loses it. And, that's, that, that, and then the marshal subdues her and goes, yeah, that's why I need five guns. So it kind of just shows how the Marshal's a bit of a jerk. Real, real. He's really yeah. smug though. He's smug the entire time you ever see the Marshal. He is so smug. Yeah, he's he's awful. Now, but you know, I don't know what Kate put him through, but whatever it is, he's been on Kate's case for a while because part of the, I guess, the bait work to get her to get that airplane. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So it's like a Catch Me If You Can movie. So, Still I've never seen that. Yeah. Always like Leonardo DiCaprio. Except Titanic. Never seen Titanic. I know how it ends. Be like. <laughs> <laughs> That's also just... Because it, it's a romance movie, right? It's just like three hours of a romance movie. But... It's, it's so, in the Titanic. I mean, it's the Titanic. So I know what's going to happen. And I also know... Never look... <laughs> so it's... Oh. Yeah, I mean... 
I saw Titanic in theaters twice. Oh. Okay, that's that's a bit of a different story. <laughs> Multiple times. It's just like it was such a phenomenon when it came out. But yeah, I mean, it's just a love story that happens to be set on the Titanic. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not too interested in it, but maybe I should be. I do like Leonardo DiCaprio. Wish he was part of Lost. Oh, you wish he was part of? Yeah. How would you feel if like? <laughs> so you talk about the others, us seeing the others. How would you feel if we see the others and it's Leonardo DiCaprio, but he's not a main character or anything. He's just a thug. <laughs> I mean, I'd be down for that. I would love to see. I would love to see like famous A-list celebrities, but they're not the main role at all. But they don't even have a speaking role. They're literally just there as like thug characters, like background and side characters. I like that. <laughs> that sounds like an expensive, yeah, idea. But yeah. So we get Kate's flashback, and we come back to Kate. Uh, comes to Jack, who's on the beach. Uh, Jack's plans on heading out help find the dynamite. Kate wants to come as well. And Jack, you know, warns her, hey, you're going to miss the raft launch. And Jack's like, or Kate goes, at, you know, it's okay. I, I, I'm a bit jealous. And I'm not really that good at goodbyes. And I know you're going to love this next up. You're going to like the next upcoming scene, right? I think so. I think it's the one. Okay. Which one does it remind me? It It's when, uh, it's right before... Ah, oh, here, I'll talk about it right here. Yeah. Charlie is taking pe- messages from people and putting them in a bottle to give to the, the raft. So when the raft goes off, they have the message in the bottle. Uh, some yeah. people, like, Locke doesn't have a message, for example. Uh, Hurley writes his message and tells Charlie not to look into it. Like, don't look, Charlie. <laughs> Even though Charlie tries to look. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Diamond Squad is heading out now, so they say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, Team Raft. Team Dynamite, we're heading out into the jungle to get the dynamite at the Black Rock. So we can get in the hatch and save ourselves. While well, you guys just go and take the raft, which will float. Uh, Mr. Sal didn't think you would ever hit the water, but we're confident you will. Set sail. Right. Uh, we get goodbyes exchanged. Especially we see Jack say goodbye to everyone. But we get a momentary look at Kate, who's looking around, and that even asks Charlie, "Where's Sawyer?" And yeah. Charlie's like, "I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen him." And off they go, and off she goes. Aww. Where is Sawyer? I mean, we know where he's out there cutting some bamboo for the mast, but uh And the music also gets pretty spooky. But how sad, Kate looking for Sawyer for. It is. It is sad. That's really I, sad. I was. I was moved by it. Mm-hmm. Pretty moving. They have a they have some sort of connection. It's a shame. Yeah. Um. Now we have a the dynamite squad, so I guess I'll call them, which is Rousseau, Locke, Kate, Jack, Art, and Hurley. So weird. So they're 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 the dynamite squad. They're going. We see them taking a break. And uh, Rousseau. I would- by the way, I would not be taking breaks. Yeah, I don't know why they're taking breaks. I Listen, Rousseau's the one. She wanted to take off. All they were doing was taking it. Rousseau was just taking off her sweater because it gets too hot. But she takes off her sweater, and Locke notices a bad scratch on Rousseau. And she just says, oh, it was a bush. It was just a bush. Yeah, that yeah. didn't was a bush. Eh, it was a bush. Must have been a real mean bush, but it was a bush. Uh, we get a bit of humor. Remember Art's and uh, Hurley's conversation? A little bit, yeah. 
Okay, well, it's just, yeah, that, it's hardly, can't say arts, or it's oh. arts, and he's saying arts, and uh, arts does not like his first name. Yeah, Hurley's like, I'm just gonna say arts. I'm just arts. No, 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 I'm not. Well, then I'll just call you by your first name. I saw the manifest. He's <laughs> like, arts is fine. He'll <laughs> take, it, take it saying uh, wrong. So, yeah. bit more hey. arts. Your new oh, favorite character. Gosh, what if he's one of the others? Oh, wow. Mr. Sal, that's... I mean, he's on the plane manifest, though, actually. Hurley just said that. That's um, how come he knows his first name. Hurley yeah, just... Hurley, Hurley said that. That's how come he knows uh, Arts' first name, Leslie. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we had a bit of exchange. Nothing too much from that, but... We'll move on, Team Dynamite. They're in a cool, like, waterhole area. Very, very nice scenery. They're walking through this jungle. Yeah. And Rousseau sees a black rag. They are in a dark territory now. Yeah. Which is like, why Why is such a spooky... Why is so spooky? I don't know. But it just is. And she warns them that this is where her team got infected. And uh, <laughs> someone lost their arm. Like, yeah, really spooky thing. So we have to move quickly, everyone. Uh, Arch chickens out because he enjoys having both his arms. He got uh, he got really upset about this arm thing. Oh, well, I mean, I would like to have both my arms as well, wouldn't you? Nah, I'm good. Okay, well, you can go there. I I will not. Yeah. Uh, Jack tries to convince him not to. You know, what about the dynamite? But Arch just warns him, "Hey, just be real careful for it." And he walks off. So. There's our hero arts. Heck. It's like he was like, no, I need to be on this expedition because I know how to use the dynamite. And then he's like, just be careful with it. Bye. Yeah, just be careful. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, he wanted to be useful. And he's like, well, now he's trying to get political capital, but he realized how hard it was. And he didn't want to try it anymore. God, this guy. Back on a team raft. Uh, Mike and Jin are still working on it. And Sawyer brings in the perfect uh bamboo mast and you know we just see sawyer helping them out on the boat and he's pretty happy you know so, oh sawyer's actually helping on the raft now like oh how sweet i know being helpful how how nice what a guy yeah anyway back to the more important team dynamite right now uh massive downpour as always raining yeah um, it's pretty much every episode at this point. It does. We hear a weird noise, kind of some distant yelling, and we see it's Arts running through, and he tells them to run. It's the monster, which we haven't heard in a very long time, Mr. Sal. It's been a while. How did you feel about hearing the monster again? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Do you like the monster? I like the idea of it. I guess it depends on how they ultimately execute it. Yeah. Well, most of them run, but Locke stays still, and Hurley stays with him. So we have Rousseau, Kate, Jack. They run and hide in their tree trunk. As always, by the way, these, like, really hollow tree trunk things. These are amazing. Yeah, these are pretty cool. I would love to have these as a kid, like, like, I can be like a little fort in one. Right. That'd be so cool. So they, they go. Hurley and Locke are standing completely still. Hurley wants to book, but Locke tells him to hold his ground. And Locke ends up being right. The monster was heading another way. And the raining stops. And so Locke and Hurley kind of start walking in a direction. Uh, 
we get back to Rousseau, Kate, and Jack, and they ask Rousseau, like, what is that? What was that? And Rousseau tells them, you know, that is a security system. That is, it protects the island, okay? So whatever the monster is, it protects the island. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of not far out of line from what I was thinking based on what we know from Locke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. whatever it is, Locke has seen it. Right. And he's, um... I mean, he's seen it. He's, he's just seen it. It hasn't really commented on it past that. He spoke about it like, oh, I've seen the island for what it is or something, but... Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to kill you. No right. one's seen it kill the pilot, so... Well, we know, though, what Locke's connection to the island is. I mean, it's, it's significant. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think there's a very good chance that the the beast doesn't go after Locke because he's Locke. That's a, I, I mean, very much so can be the case. What's that? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, because, yeah, he's Locke, leaves in the island. Do you think that could be the case for anyone else? That they can earn this monster's trust? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. The island has done more for Locke than anybody. Yeah? Do you think Locke, do you think Locke's done more for, do you think Locke's done more for the island than anyone else? It's just no. Like a, no, not at all. He just kind of listens to the island. He's like, yeah, whatever we say, island. Yeah. Well, no, maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe he has done more for the island than anybody else. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not like it's not like anybody is like hurting the island. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean they're probably chopping down some trees. Right. You know, Locke is hunting boar, but Locke does ultimately really try to tune into the island, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean I don't I don't think anybody else is doing that. So, you know, if if the island just wants to be heard, then yeah, Locke does more than anybody. Hmm. Okay. I got you. Really? Well, moving uh, moving on. Hold on. Do you disagree? Disagree with what? Sorry. <laughs> do Do you disagree that uh, that Locke does more for the island than anybody else? Uh, more than anyone else. Now, I, I I think just the reason the island likes him is just he he believes in the island. He listens to what it tells him. So isn't that doing more than anybody else? Oh, okay, yeah, that's what you mean by if you mean like the barometric of Birdie Tunix Island is like physically helping the island itself grow, like he's like he's like planting stuff, he's nurturing the island in terms of its health, but he definitely he definitely listens to the island more than anyone else. Yeah. So uh, yeah. He's he's the island man. Probably second would have been I mean Boone was getting real close to it to just listen. He he was all for Locke near the end. Yeah. Ah, poor Boone. So, yeah. Rip Boone. So, the Team Dynamite reunites with Arts again, and Arts just wants to go get the Dynamite at this point. <laughs> he's already done. He's like, okay. Get yeah, this dynamite. I think he has realized that he doesn't really want to be alone out there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get the Dynamite and get out of here. Yeah. And here, another feeler scene, uh, which is Walt giving Vince to Shannon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Walt, you know, Shannon's folding some clothes. Walt comes up to her and tells her that 
he thinks she should have Vince while him and his father are gone. Uh, Vince can take care of her. He's a very good listener. Vince listened to him when he lost his father, Brian. Or not, well, when he lost his mother, sorry. When his mother died. And, uh, you know, she can talk to Vince about Boone. Oh, how sweet. It's it's very sweet. It's very sweet. All the feelers. Yeah. And she does I mean, agree to take Vince. Only until he rescues them. Right. I mean, you know, I, I am... I'm just... I'm I'm a horrible person. I I I, I like pet stuff does not do anything for me. No, you don't like you don't care about animals at all. Like it's not it's not that I don't care about them. It's just like I'm not gonna feel the the levels of emotion that they want me to feel here. Okay. And, and for cold sob, gotcha. I I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just not. Like I can't, I can't feel for animals what I feel for people. I just, I'm, I'm not capable of it. So you know, I, I've had this discussion with someone before in terms of. So they brought this up, and they, they said, okay, would you, would you pick? So I, I don't have a dog. I have a cat. So I'll say this. Um, this wasn't quite what it was because more of a dog. Because people care more about their dogs. Was like, Kurt, would you rather save a person or your cat, a stranger or your cat? Hmm. I really like my cat. <laughs> I have to think about that one. He's like, nah. So you always gotta pick a person. You always gotta pick your own kind. <laughs> not, not, not in terms of like a. You always gotta pick a human over any other creature. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. And I and I and I went to that. And I was like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, what if it was Hitler? Mm-hmm. I immediately went to the extreme. Like, would I pick Hitler over my cat? I don't think I would pick Hitler over my cat. Would you pick Hitler over my cat, Mr. Sal? Huh? Like, like full-grown adult Hitler. Adult, oh, so let's go adult Hitler first. Well, I don't, I don't have a cat. My cat. We're going to put my cat on the table here. I don't here. know your cat either. Well, the, well, that, well, what, well <laughs> I am like, at, how you know it'll make me feel? Would you, would, right. would you pick? Imagine there's some element of risk to me. And saving either, so probably in that situation, it's saving either. <laughs> okay, thanks. I feel yeah. like most people pick even a cat they don't know to get a Hitler. What about baby Hitler? Would you? Would you... So there's always the, there's the question that's been phrased before: Would you kill baby Hitler? Right. Would you kill baby Hitler? No. Ridiculous. I don't think I could kill adult Hitler. Honestly, like, I don't think I'm capable. Okay. If you had a, if you had to pull a lever. lever a lever, like, and it killed baby Hitler. You pulled the lever. I know, I know, I know what's happening. Like, I, I don't think I am capable of killing anyone. So the trolley problem, you would, you, no matter what state it's in, you just wouldn't want to pull the lever because that's more that's too. Totally different situation, like not quite because well, it, it it can be different in the sense that okay, let's say it's about to hit five people. You want to divert it so it hits one. What an element of doing that is that you have to involve yourself in killing one person. If you do nothing, five people have died, but you did not kill anyone. In essence, like you, your actions did not lead to anyone's death. It's your not doing anything that led to someone's death. Yeah, but that's an action. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no. pulling the lever. So uh, I will say, some people do not pull the lever because they don't want to. 
have they feel more culpable as i should say for their death if they don't put a lever they feel less responsible for the five people's deaths. Uh, i'm gonna feel overwhelmed with guilt for the rest of my life regardless i wonder, I wonder if someone's ever been in the situation as like if i've ever put if I've ever heard of like some sort of like train lever thing, and I look over, I see people on the tracks. I'm like, holy crap, this is the trolley problem. Like, like <laughs> I hope I don't actually. I don't hope because I don't want to have to pull a lever and get someone killed. But if I, if I ever do get that, I feel like I can make the right decision and pull the lever just because I I'll be like, I know this problem. I've been trained in this. But there's not. I mean, is there a right answer there? No, there isn't. There isn't a right answer for the trolley problem either. I mean. There isn't, I mean, because you, you kill one person, and there's a lot of, like, variations of it, like, is it, like, sometimes yeah. it's one person you know, five strangers, you know, this, this other stuff. Sometimes it's, like, um, it's going to hit five people, this driving going to hit five people, there's, you can't change the switch, but there's a big person in front of you, and you can shove them onto the track that will stop the train. Oh my god, I've never heard that version. Yeah, and that, well, that, that version's basically, because it's the same net end as the lever one but yeah. you're much more culpable right instead of yeah. pulling a lever and killing one person you're shoving them in front of a trolley or train yeah which is i mean in essence you're the same amount of culpability you're just you're killing them either way it's just this one you're much more you know physically with and much less people would want to push them off obviously but yeah just all but in essence it's the same thing pushing them or hitting that lever hmm Although, uh, how you would have such the confidence to know pushing this person off will stop the train, I don't know. Or trolley. <laughs> yeah. Trolley, trolley problem aside. Oh, I mean, anything else you want to say the trolley problem? I, I think it's really funny that we still consider a trolley problem. I, I don't know any place where you can actually ride a trolley. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking of trains, I think it was a trolley problem. Which is probably yeah. a more yeah. realistic... Uh, you're talking about the Charlie problem. Oh, you were talking about cats versus humans. And, and, yeah, and I don't the, forgot. Oh, yeah, because you, you don't have feelings towards animals. It's not that I don't have. No, you've already said it. I don't want you to keep. It mostly is that I don't have feelings for animals. Like, <laughs> I don't dislike them, but I don't feel anything for okay. them. If you go to someone's house and they have a cat, how do you feel? How do I feel? I feel nothing. Like, what if a cat comes up to you and he wants you to pet him? Or her? I probably will. Okay, you'll pet the cat. What about a dog? Dogs yeah. get pretty excited. Like, they'll come up and start sniffing you. Right. I, I, I'll I pet the dog if it comes up to me. Okay. I mean, I'm, the, the thing is, like, this is if I'm by myself. Because if I'm with if I'm with my youngest son, who's allergic to cats and dogs, then I spend the entire time lifting him as high as I possibly can, which luckily still do that because it's only about 40 pounds so i lift him as high as i can like that dad strength going into whatever room the animals are not <laughs> and then you hoist it and then just like force feeding him benadryl because he breaks out in hives so oh yeah that's, yeah oh. so like so, so and that's that also contributes to my nothingness for animals although i i, I will tell you that I didn't feel anything for animals really before this. So, <laughs> not even a fish, not even a pet fish. I, I had fish, but have you? What's the closest you've ever been to an animal? Uh, I 
I, I, I don't know that I ever... really you have you ever been friends or like did anyone that had an animal that you really got like oh there's that cat I really know or there's that dog I've gotten to know pretty well a friend's dog I guess I you know I dated a girl at one point who who got a new puppy and I felt some level of responsibility for the puppy but mostly I was just annoyed that she got a puppy <laughs> puppies are really annoying yeah, so, I, I was, would never want a puppy. <laughs> oh, come on. This is like, uh, we're never going to be alone again. <laughs> but Do- Dogs are a lot of responsibility. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you know what is also a lot of responsibility? Kids. Could you imagine having kids? Oh, it's, it's you're, you're right. It's, a, it's next level stuff, for sure. <laughs> what is harder, a dog or a kid? A dog or a puppy? Or sorry, a puppy. Oh, can it, you think it's hard to get a puppy or a kid? A puppy. Why? I didn't expect that answer. Because believe it or not, like a newborn baby sleeps like 16 hours a day. Okay. My they... cat sleeps like 16 hours a day. Okay. All right. I mean, they don't necessarily sleep the 16 hours that you want them to sleep. You're right, yeah. He's pretty into... He's kind of, he wakes up when he pleases and walks around. But, well, a cat is so non-invasive, though. It is not. He is, he is his own being. I do, that's why I enjoy him so much. He's very independent. Right? Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I walk on the hallway. Hey, there you are, cat. Nice to see you. Glad to see that you're up at 2 in the morning. <laughs> and he's like... He'll be like... He goes, he goes looking through everything. Like, I'll be up at 2 in the morning, maybe going to the kitchen, and I'll, I'll just see him. He's in, like, the bathroom, looking around in the tub. It's like, what are you doing in the bathroom in the tub? I don't know what he's doing in the bathroom in the tub. He's just looking around. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, a cat—that's that's a different story. Definitely a different story, but a kid, dogs are much more dependent. Like, it's it's funny. Like, when our first son was was born, I remember talking to somebody. You know, they asked me to do them a favor, and I was like, I don't know. I got I got to see if you know if, if that's okay because you know we got the baby at home now. And he's like, I'll babysit the baby. It's an infant. I'll always babysit an infant. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's a good point. Like, they can't move. When they can't move, like, it's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've, I've heard horror stories about people having kids and how hard it is. The, 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 only, the only hard part about it is sleeping at night. Mr. Sal's going, kid, easiest thing I've ever done. No, not true. <laughs> no. Not- no. You guys heard it here first. Easiest thing Mr. Sal's ever done? Have an infant. No, not true. <laughs> In fact, like the the first, I don't know, the first like four years of life are are the reason why I wouldn't do not want any more kids. <laughs> I because well, I imagine it's just it's you not, can't. Not even the first four years. It's the first six months. The first six months are 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 they're. They're simultaneously super easy and like the hardest thing you've ever done. Because it's hard to have, and a lot of mothers especially have trouble with this, but fathers too. I mean, maybe fathers more. I, I'm not quite sure, but I know parents have a struggle with, sometimes people have a baby and they won't love the baby when they first have it. Which is a very understandable thing because in our first year, like, oh, it's very cute, but it's like, the baby, it doesn't do anything. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing that really, you know... It is much easier to love the baby after about six months when they start showing a personality. Exactly. Once they have a personality, there's something to yeah. love. But before then, it's just like, I mean, I, I could swap you out for another, like, three-month-old. And 
wouldn't have, really tell much of a difference. <laughs> having said that, like there's very little that beats the feeling of sitting in a lounge chair with a baby on your chest sleeping. Not you, the baby sleeping. You're not sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, is that really that great to fall asleep like that? No, you don't want to fall asleep holding a baby. <laughs> but, you know, you're sitting there in a lounge chair. Baby's, you're holding the baby on your chest. And the baby falls asleep. And it's like the, uh, it's, there's, there is very little that's more magical than that. I mean, I think it's, it's like when a pet falls asleep on you. Like, if the cat or if a dog ever falls asleep on me. That. I don't oh. get that. You don't get that? Oh, Miss Sal, it's so precious. Like, if the dog falls asleep on you, you can't move. I know. But... Same with my cat. My cat, seldomly, they'll come over and fall asleep on me. What do I do, Mr. Sal? I don't know. You know... Nothing. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> glad glad we went down this... Why this are we talking about this? What what happened in Lost that made us talk about this? I, something. So you don't care about animals, that's why. Oh, that's right. Walt was giving Vincent to Shannon. And yeah. I think definitely... Like I feel for Walt here, and I think it's a beautiful gesture because of like the reasons that he gives are are really like advanced, like emotionally advanced, more than you would expect from a twelve year old. Uh-huh. So, so I definitely, I definitely felt stuff here, but so, but I'm so, not like I know people who would be sobbing at this yeah. point. So. I'm, I'm not gonna sob about it and just like i'm not gonna sob about vincent chasing after the raft so i was gonna ask you about that yeah <laughs> i mean i know that's meant to make me sob but an animal's never going to make me sob okay it's just not gonna happen i i you know it's just an animal I'm, hater I'm not an animal hater. I just like it. Just doesn't do anything for me. Yes, is what he calls them. I apologize to everyone. The lights of society, just get in the way. I apologize to everyone who who has a problem with that. I I get it. Like, it's just not. I I I can't help it. It's just not into me. It's not part of my genetic code or something. I don't know. Okay. Okay. What if it was you're sitting there and it's a kitten. And it comes over and wants to play with you. By the way, I want to... Kitten's not the cutest thing? I want to defend... No, they're not the cutest thing. I want to defend myself a (laughs) little bit here because I know people who feel nothing for children, too. So, like, I I feel... Okay, but the disagreement on that is, like, if if they saw... Okay, what happens if Vince the dog dies? Will you feel anything? No. But if they see a child die, I think they'd feel something. I know people who would feel something if Vince the dog dies, but would not feel something if Walt dies. No. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, fair enough then. Okay. Touche. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, I, I know people who prefer animals to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not one of those people. I prefer people to animals. I would probably prefer people to animals too. Uh, I, I like animals. We would never have a dog. Probably wouldn't have a cat if I lived on my own, mm-hmm. but I enjoy cats. Just kind of, just because they're independent. I don't want to too much work <laughs> with dog. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back back to Shannon. Speaking of Shannon, we get to your flashback, which just kind of shows how much of a jerk Shannon can be. Maybe was 
still kind of a jerk now on the island, but not as much as he used to be. Uh, with your sitting alone, mining your own beeswax, there you go. and Saeed comes over and asks her to if he could, she could, you know, watch his luggage for him. Which this is really oh, bizarre to me. It is really bizarre because you, you, uh, you know, think back now on the island how they have a bit of a relationship going. No, that's not why it's bizarre to me. Oh, okay. Like, I would never ask anybody to watch my luggage. In oh, definitely. Especially, yeah, this is post-9-11. Which really, you shouldn't do that. This is, like, peak of Homeland Security. Like, this is... It's so bad by Saeed here. I don't know why he's like someone this right now. I, I wonder if this is ever going to come up again. Like, what was in the suitcase or why he had to leave it with someone. Because this seems just so suspicious to me. <laughs> What the? What are you thinking? What? Like, why? You really got to go to the bathroom or something. Well, I'll tell. We do have a Saeed flashback uh, next Exodus episode, so we will see him. in the next set, we will see a Saeed's perspective of this. Actually, all right, good because yeah. I'm. I was dumbfounded watching this. But Saeed, the survivalist, leaves as a case with Shannon. Maybe it's like a. Like, foot in the door thing. Like, maybe he was interested in Shannon. We know he's interested in Shannon on the islands. He's like, okay. How can I get to know this girl? I know what I'll do. I'll have her watch my luggage for me. There are announcements. Like, you know, if... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, don't leave your luggage unattended. Not... How does she agree to this? Like, I, I was so put off by this. Like... How she agrees? She goes, like, oh, whatever. Right? So, side yeah. runs off. She sat there. Boone comes back and tells her, oh, I, I couldn't, yeah. He's trying to get first class ticket upgrades for them, and it did not work. So, Shannon gets angry, and she goes, because she's like, well, I'll just have to go do it then. And she's very angry. They're going up an escalator. He, you know, and Shannon and Boone kind of bicker at each other. Boone, Boone kind of gives it to Shannon, like, oh, you're kind of a jerk. And uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, Shannon threatens to, like, not look Boone on the plane. Oh, yeah. And Boone's like, yeah, you can't do that. There's no way you could do that. And Shannon's like, oh, yeah? Right? <laughs> you don't think I can do that? And despite him, goes to a guard and tells him basically that, I don't know, some Arab guy or whatever left a left a suspicious bag oh, down man. over there. And... Oh, man, <laughs> And then she gives the smuggest look in the world to a booth. So I don't really, I, I gotta, I, I'm trying to understand this scene. Like, I'm not sure how this correlates to her getting Boone kicked off the plane. Like, well, not, it's, it, this is her showing, so Boone, she threatens to get Boone kicked off the plane, despite him. Boone replies back to Shannon, like, you, you, you wouldn't, like, you, you can't, you wouldn't try that, you wouldn't do that. And yeah. to kind of show her that, like, how far she's willing to go, he tells a guard, about like Saeed's bag and uh, suspicious bag, okay. and just I think it's to show Boone like look, look how far I will go. But the thing is, she should report this. <laughs> like <laughs> I know your announcements telling you to report this type of thing. Like <laughs> it, she's not doing anything wrong or harsh here, except that like that the fact that she calls him an Arab like that that is is I know the guy the guy's like what do you mean I don't know Arab. <laughs> Yeah, like that, like that part shows how shallow she is, like, whatever. But the fact that she's turning him in, like, 
that's exactly what she should be doing. So I'm not sure how this correlates to Boone at all. Plus, this is a total stranger. Boone is her stepbrother who, by the way, they just had sex the night before this. <laughs> so I'm not sure how one correlates to the other, but she, Sal, she, not a big fan. Not, not a fan of this flashback at not all. A fan. Understandable. We'll save people decide one. You know what? I will tell you, you're gonna like some of the next ones, I think, more. Probably. So we get back to the present. Oh, anymore on that. So. No, I don't want to. Survival of Saeed. He's a scalvage. Salvage the radar uh, for Team Raft to use. And he uh, gives it to Mike and tells him, you can use it once every hour. I'll preserve the power. And it can see 25 miles out. Also, here's a single flare that you can use. That's about it. Survival of Saeed. Always out. Always on the case. That flare's gonna launch tonight. They're gonna sit on the island. Wait, what? Oh, you didn't even see the flare on the island? Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna see that. Island. Build another another raft. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> go, go, go quick. Now we we can see it's like it's on the horizon, guys. We should have had Michael write down directions. <laughs> so I get back to Team Dynamite. Uh and uh we see that they have arrived at the Black Rock. This is cool. Yeah, and we learn that the Black Rock is not a Black Rock. It's like an old-timey ship. Uh, that, that's cool. I like that a lot. The, the, not not anything I ever saw coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no. it, it makes sense why there'd be dynamite in it. In it. Yeah, it could have been a cargo ship or whatever ship it was. Just makes sense why yeah. there's dynamite. At first, you know, it's like, the Black Rock has dynamite. I mean, okay, but... Why yeah. is the dynamite at the Black Rock? I don't know. Oh, okay. The Black Rock's a ship. Oh. One thing I did not notice, maybe you did. How far inland is this ship? Ah, yes, there. Now, now you've asked the five questions. Where are they that this ship is beached onto this island? There you go. I should I should I should go back and just take a look at can we, you we, we don't know. So what I will say is we don't know how close they are to the coast per se. Like we know they've been going through the jungle, but I don't know if they cut through the jungle and walking around the coast. So when when they show the black rock, can you see the ship or the ocean or no? Did you not notice? Yeah, I, uh, I let me go look at it. But I no, you can't see the you cannot see the ocean. Okay, well then, that, I mean, that's far enough inland to make me say, how did this ship get here? That's pretty amazing. Well, you know, it's, it's funny what you can do with just four people. You think it was carried? Oh, yeah. I mean, those ships, they're light as can be. Mm. How else do they float? I mean, we just saw... How could something heavier than water float, Mr. Sale? <laughs> Possible. I mean, we just saw... What what was it like? Twelve people have a lot of trouble moving a raft. Yeah, but that raft was made out of like fifteen yards. That was made out of modern wood. That's old timey wood. Like that stuff's cheap. Oh, that's why it's still there. <laughs> Beached, might I add, not operational. Okay. But, no, I, I I don't know what it's doing in the land. What a what a wonder. What is this old timey ship doing? So, but there, that's, that's the end of what we get for the, the Black Rock. No more, um, but, so that's, that's the way line for the episode. We'll see more of them on the next episode.
So, so this is right. So this is the thing. Okay. We're going to go get the dynamite. Okay. We're going to get the dynamite. Okay. They made it to the Black Rock. Art got scared. That's pretty much, I pretty much summarized the entire thing. Did I, did I miss anything really important? No, yeah. I would like, you missed all the character interactions in between. The character interactions were mostly just like Hurley being a goofball. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that for a team down. But like the suspense, the monster they ran into, the 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 Jack before they leaving, you know, the the prep, the the Sawyer, the the Kate looking for Sawyer before they leave. Uh, hey, look, Kate and Sawyer, like uh, anything with Sawyer, that stuff's good. I'm talking about once they leave, nothing really happens. Okay, they, fine, but. We we learned a bit about the monsters, the security system. Okay, fair enough. And and honestly, like like some of the character interactions are fantastic. Not really anything on the expedition, but you're right. On the expedition, there's not much that uh, shines with the characters. But you know, we'll see more of them. <laughs> they have to get the TNT or dynamite. Okay. So, but that that's that's kind of the end of the expedition storyline for this episode. Mm-hmm. Moving on. We get the final flashback, which is a sun flashback. And I'll tell you what, we're going to get a Jin flashback in the next set. So. Oh, okay. So we'll see Jin. I actually really like this one. This was one of my favorite flashbacks. It's really, it is a good one. Uh, so Sun brings Jin some food uh, while he's sitting there reading a paper or something. And we get, I, I, we get like a... I'm assuming they're American. Might be like British. They speak English. Okay. They sound American to they me. They sound American, so I'm going to say they're American. But we hear like an American woman talking to, I presumably, it is her husband actually, because he talks about, if she treats me like that, so on and so forth. So she talks to her husband about, I'm, I'm happy I'm not that subservient to you, right? <laughs> and uh, then so this this bothers son, and I'll partially blame this botherance for why she spills the coffee on Jin's lap. But she spills the coffee on Jin's lap, and Jin takes it pretty okay. He's like, oh, it, it's and he gets up and goes to go clean himself. And I'll, I'm going to tell you something here. In the next flashback, we're going to get Jin's perspective on this. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so we're going to see what happens when he goes to the bathroom. So, do you think he's angry when he goes to the bathroom? Do you think he's happy? I, I won't even let you guess how he feels. But we see Jin's perspective of this, which is which is interesting. It's more interesting than some, so I'll tell you that. You'll like it. So yeah. the American woman even goes, you know, Talks, talks on that more like oh yeah wow and the husband tells her I keep your voice down and she just assumes no she can't understand me she doesn't know English so yeah. I, I mean pretty <laughs> uh, very racist very yeah, basically it's looking pretty racist just assuming I, she doesn't know English well she also says like it's like watching memoirs of a geisha in real life like uh, I think right isn't that what she said I, I don't I don't I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said it's, it was something gross like that it, it was that is a I mean a bit far <laughs> I mean have you ever I've been no clue what oh, where someone assumes that you can't understand what they're saying yes it's like I, I love it actually <laughs> because I like to respond in the language that they're speaking and, and watch their face. I it happened to me once when I was a little kid. Um, now now I make a case of it to uh, if if 
people start speaking um well, it's Punjabi in this case they start speaking the language I just kind of like I won't even necessarily speak it because I'm not a very good speaker at it but I will just either go like huh like I will I will just indicate that I know the language to some sort of degree yeah <laughs> that way I'm not like you know I'll just indicate that I know the language to a degree that is all yeah no that's that's because yeah. what else are you gonna do because yeah but I also I remember when I went when I was younger, um, not everyone in my family can speak English in India. Obviously, yeah, they don't need to. I remember me and my sister basically doing the reverse. Well, I mean, we weren't being racist, but just talking openly about people in front of their faces, but in English. Yeah. Like ah, do you think they understand us? I don't know. Like I mean, like do you, <laughs> I mean, did anybody ever call out on it? No. No, oh, no, we we were pretty good about it. One, well, no, one time, sometimes we would even some of them knew English. Here it says sometimes they knew English, but we would still talk in front of them in English. But we kind of made our own made up English of we would just use like really unnecessarily advanced words. They didn't know English super well, so we started saying things like, "I'm going uh uh one should inquire on whereabouts of brunch like." mealings so like we, we should ask if we should ask, like i want food basically is what that means but in a really fancy way so they wouldn't understand that we're asking we want to we're, we're wondering to each other how we should ask for food <laughs> but so if you know english but not very well you wouldn't understand that that's pretty funny it's just it was just like a really like saying things in an advance but it, it, the grammar wasn't even right when we did it but we just kind yeah. of picked up on it so i'm I'm assuming that this scene with Sun and Jin happens after the check-in where he shows her the flower and she decides not to leave him. I presume so, yeah. Yeah, because it seems like they're actually in the airport proper. At this yeah, point. they're they're past the check-in. Yeah, Yeah, so I, I, I'm guessing that's the case. You know, in, in which case, she's made the con- consciously made the decision to stay with him. So I, I wonder if this coffee spilling is an accident. It seems like it since she's decided to stay with him, it probably is an accident. It, it's, I think it most certainly is an accident. She seems to regret it. But, but now we're on Sun, and this... Does this give you feelers? Oh, this... this I love this. Okay, so... This was... This maybe have been the most emotional... No, Sawyer and Jack was the most emotional scene for me. And this, this, is, this is still up there. This is up there, for sure. This is, this is, this is something special. Sun goes up to Jin, whom is still ignoring her, and tries to get his attention, but she just ends with giving him a notebook, and tells him that this notebook has common English letter, like English words, spelled phonetically in Korean, so that way you know he can understand it, so he can have cursory uh, communications with them on board. And, and what what a gesture this! This is beautiful gesture. Yeah, oh, beautiful, and this this makes Jin uh, go into tears. I, something I never thought I would see. Yeah, the- and he says he's sorry. Sun goes into tears. She's also sorry. Didn't say it first. Not the not the bigger individual here. Not on the high road like Jin is. Yeah, willing to he's willing to say sorry first. Actually, I take that back. Sun trying to make she's been trying to make amends and Jin's been the one. <laughs> so yeah, so Sun tries to talk him out of going. Like you don't have to go, but Jin. We get a bit more of Jin's insight, almost Sawyer-esque. Jin tells her he is here because he's being punished for what 
Jin did to her, what he did yeah. to her. And he has to go to ensure that son is saved. Yeah. So he, this is sweet. Jin, like, he tells son, stay by Jack and to be safe. Yeah. Do that. Son, she's crying as well, but who's going to keep you safe, Jin? And then, ah, then, yeah, I think they hug. Uh, some suck facing occurs as well, but that's sweet. <laughs> Every time I say, like, what's it? Sucking face. You always love that. I, yeah, it's pretty funny, especially when you say suck facing instead of face sucking. Oh, yeah, you gotta change it up too. Yeah, face of the sucking, but yeah, the kiss they make up. Ah, you know, all around. How sweet. It really is. I mean, it, the, the fact that, like, when, when she was doing this, I thought, oh man, he's gonna stay now, isn't he? And then. I, I love that he didn't. I love. I love that he he talks about. I I'm a sucker for guilt. You know, he, here he is talking about his guilt that he feels and how he's being punished and he needs to he needs to try to do this to make it right and to save her. And I was like, oh, good stuff, Jin. You are no longer the worst. But the feelers are not quite over yet. This might be the most feeler episode of Lost. Yeah, absolutely. But the feelers are not quite over yet either, because now yeah. they've got the raft. They've got it by the ocean. Charlie hands over the notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people come say goodbye to the raft. Uh, you know, say the goodbyes, and Sawyer. So when Sawyer takes the bottle from Charlie, he's the one that gets it. We see him look around. What's he looking for? He's looking for Kate. He's yeah. looking for Kate. And, and this this gets me more than any other goodbye. We see so many goodbyes here. Yeah, and he just gets he just gives a visible frown. Mm-hmm. No, no, Kate. He doesn't ever ask anyone like Kate asked for Sawyer, but he's just oh, just sad that there's no Kate around to say goodbye to. Yeah. So, you know, what's what's interesting is, I, I I I we haven't mentioned it yet. Last episode was the big blow up between the two of them. It was. It was where, what? And so you you are you know, this. I I think it is a fracture in the relationship, but it's like a mutually understood fracture. Both of them want to get on that raft. Yeah, and it's like you know business and like pleasure, right? Like, okay, this is our business, but we understand it's you know we gotta do what we think's best for us. But at the end, you know, we're still friends. But when it comes to that side, that's business. This is yeah, I guess I, I think that's the way they look at it in terms of that because they still do they still enjoy each other's company. It appears. Um, I think they both mutually understand. Because you know, at the end, when Sawyer comes to tell her that he's back on the raft, it's well, it's a bit of a brag show. It is them. And chatting, yeah, yeah. There's there's an element of reconciliation there, I guess. Yeah. So, nah, sad that Sawyer and Kate never get an actual goodbye. Yeah, and like I said, that like this this hit me harder than Sin and John. Sin and John, Jin and Son hit me the hardest here at the raft. Okay, um, but Sawyer alone. Hit me, the, hit me the next harvest. I mean, it's definitely... Um, I think it's... Because we see so many goodbyes. It's just... The Kate and Sawyer goodbyes is very telling. Because they never get to say goodbye. We just know they wanted to. We saw Kate's perspective. And then Sawyer's is even more apparent because of Kate's. Yeah. Uh, which I really like that. I really like that. Even though he's the king of exposition. They didn't actually make him say anything. Uh, we just can tell. So... So sweet. Yeah. Not really sweet, more sad. The feelers. So many feelers. 
Yes. So they push the raft into the water, and it's going. It's going. They're good, and it is. It's sailing. Uh, Vince, the, the feeler is here. I know this brought a tear to your eye because you're human. And you know, Vince goes running in. Walt commands him to go back, which he promptly does, as a good boy does. This is like, this is like what's going on in my head at this point is like, oh right, they, there's, I'm supposed to cry here. That's right. <laughs> With me, you try to stare long enough, so I start to cry. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. Like, look, I totally understand it. This made you cry. I totally get it. I, 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 you're just not human. If I had a dog, I might feel very differently than I do right now. But having you know the the situation that I'm in right now, I, I this did not bring a tear to my eye. But I, I totally understand how it would for many people. As a parent, it did not bring a tear to your eye. Okay. By the way, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, so. The survivors, they're cheering. It's great. They they even kind of like well, they're sailing. They they head parallel to the shore for a bit. Yeah. We even see we even see a strong. I mean, the raft guy. You know, they're celebrating. Who we, we didn't instantly sink. <laughs> <laughs> so yay! And we see like the look between Jun and Sun, right? Yeah. Very longing look. Sun even starts oh, to wow. well up. Very sad. Very sad. And uh, I even wrote here in my notes, Mr. Sal, you were wrong as hell. So you said the raft would never, you said the raft would never set sail. Okay. Raft raft has had its maiden yeah. voyage. They haven't gotten out of eyes uh, out of the line of sight of the island yet. Oh yeah, see, so moving the goalposts now. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so what, what's the next goal? Okay, so what's your next what's your next prediction in terms of the raft now because you you've been so you were confident the raft never set sail you were right technically about the first raft. here's here's my prediction by the end of this season those four will be reunited with everybody else okay you think whether that's on the island or someplace else by the end of the season they're gonna be reunited. okay another bold predict yeah, actually, I'm gonna even write down that prediction. You you are or are not? I am. I'm those four. Okay. Right. There you go. So we will we will remember this. Whether like, you were wrong. Whether we'll see if you're wrong again, mm-hmm. or for once you're finally correct. Well, no, <laughs> you've been right before. Not not with loss. <laughs> <laughs> I did not predict the correct uh, knockout blow of Saeed. I did. I, I did not pr- correctly predict that the raft would uh, launch, and uh, uh, so I had a whole lot of hope for Ethan being Claire's baby. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the most outlandish the of long, all your crackpot theories. The longest of long shots. But uh, okay. If, why are you confident that they're going to end back? Just because you think, in terms of, there's too many important characters on it, and that. Yeah, it's like Sawyer's on that raft. Okay. There, uh, Sawyer's on the raft. All four will be reunited with those. The the the, the majority on the island. I see what you mean. Okay. So. We're still giving an eight. I don't think. Yeah, I, I mean, differently. One thing I did do is I I bumped my. 
my raft rating up to nine and that's mostly oh the raft's beautiful i mean i I guess uh, now listen i understand if you don't like it being destroyed or like being um broken in the beginning but i think that's fine just because I feel like they could have just said the raft's not done. We gotta spend the day fixing it, and then we can go. And it would have been the exact same thing. Exactly. So all all that was was them just trying to show everyone like, because if they want to show everyone together pushing the raft, they wouldn't be able to do it later because Team Dynamite's gonna be gone. So by the time they can, and it's just yeah, yeah. it it it's a carrot on a stick that I'm okay with. Yeah, it's it's fine, but the the fact like everything with Sawyer and Sun and Jin make me love the raft stuff for sure oh yeah raft stuff's beautiful i can totally agree with you team dynamite on their journey uh and the numbers visiting the hatch yeah visiting the hatch painful yeah hurts burns it does like um what's what's this thing like cutting up your hand and sticking it into lemon juice Mmm, delicious (laughs) delicious Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna stick with an eight here, uh, and I I like where I've got it ranked in my uh, hierarchy. But, are you are you hopeful for the finale? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a really good setup episode too, because you know something's gonna go wrong with the raft, and they'll be back. And- <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence of I the rafts gonna of course not work, and they're gonna be back. Raft to me has just been such a terrible idea from the beginning. I mean, is it a terrible idea from their perspective? Yes. Why? It's just a, it's a way to get off the island. I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this is a puny raft. <laughs> it looked big on the beach. It doesn't look big anymore. I mean, you don't need space. You just need to make sure you can have enough food on the raft. Mm, I disagree. You need the space, too, just to... just. Like, if they had made it a little bit wider, I'd feel much better about it. This thing looks oh, like... Oh, you don't want top side. Oh, you come yeah. get a storm in. Yeah, this looks like... It could... Easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, rest assured, you will... um. You'll be happy. So, do you want me to list you everyone that has a flashback next episode? It's not many compared to it being two episodes long. So, you want to list everybody who has a flashback in the in, from here to the end of the season? Yeah. For the, like the next two episodes, I'm gonna just call it the next episode. We're doing for the next podcast. It's only um, it's only five characters that have a flashback. Oh really? And I told you four of them already. So that's yeah, like I can remember them. I know you said Locke and Hurley, and Saeed. Um. Oh yeah, did I say Saeed? You did. Scratched that off the list. So no. Scratched that off the list. There is no Saeed? There is no Saeed. Scratch it off the list. Oh, come on. So, Locke, Curly, Jin. Uh, you told me Saeed, but that's obviously not the case. Scratch that off the list, yeah. I, I want... Please tell me... I'll be very excited if you tell me there's a Claire flashback. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want you to take your list and uh, write on Claire. <gasps> and scratch her off. <laughs> oh, you jerk. Because <laughs> she's, she's not on it, though. No. <laughs> It's Michael and Charlie are the other two. I was going to say, it's probably a Charlie. Um, I, I probably, it would have taken me a minute to get to Michael, but. I'll t- okay, I'll tell you this. Um, you're going to, you're going to like, you're going to like, you're going you're gonna to list like three of them. Three of the five you're going to like. I can guarantee it. Am I that predictable? Well, you might like more. 
but I, I, I can just say I'm, I'm confident. Like, do you want me to name the three I think you'll like? I don't want to give you expectations. No, for no, the no, three. no. I don't, I don't want that. But yeah, so I just, I just have a feeling that you will like three, at least. Maybe you like the other ones too. I'm just now. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely like three of them. Um. That's all I'll say on that, flashback wise, and then obviously this is the season finale. Uh, so you're you're. I know you said that you think they're gonna open the hatch by the end of the season. So we'll, yeah, we'll I do that as is. I do think they will open the hatch. So you think they'll open the hatch? But um, we'll also say in terms of the. But your your new prediction here for the finale is. Well, you're wrong about the raft. You think that the four will reunite with the islanders by the end of the season. Yes. Or at least we'll be... Yeah, there you go, so the reunite. With, with, however it is. So, exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. This is, this is a very good setup episode. Uh, I I think that there have definitely been stronger standalone episodes, but this one sets up the next... That sets it up for what could be a really exciting finale. How? Oh. I can't wait to see what Charlie does next in this upcoming episode. Charlie? So many possibilities. The the sky's wide open. Bam. I, my other tip, just remember, see if you can spot all the numbers instead of Hurley's flashback. That's that's the challenge for you. Okay. Because you will you will you will see. I I I will be shocked if you can find all of them without looking them up. There are so many. Well, they're not apparent. Really? Yeah. Like they they are not easy to spot, Mister So. But I'll be looking for them. You'll be looking for them, and you'll spot some of them. You're not going to spot all of them. Listen, this this flashback is probably going to be like a three minute flashback. I'm probably going to take about fifteen minutes to watch it. And you know what? Maybe, maybe you will, because now now I've warned you, you're going to comb through it, but you will not find every number. I will, if you do. I'm trying to think if I should give you an award. How about if I find all the numbers, you don't do what you usually do for season finales? Really? That's what you want your goal to be? Okay. I'll, I'll make that a prize. So for the listeners that... Because this is the first time I'll ever be for Lost. You know? I, oh, I... You know what? Actually, I'm not going to tell you what I do normally. I'll, I'll say I'll say it at the beginning of the finale, and then we'll... um We'll, we'll skip and talk about Hurley's flashback just to... um. Save some time. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll wait until we get to it. We'll, we'll, we'll see on that and see if he can get every number. I won't say a number. You, okay. Yeah, I think that's a fair deal. That's fair, fair square. The square deal. The new deal. The, the, the show hoppers deal. <laughs> It'll go down in history. Oh, uh, and anything else on this episode? A lot of disappointed viewers or listeners. I mean. Why? Because I'm gonna find those numbers. Oh, you mean? <laughs> no, don't no Google. You can't. Obviously, you can look up to remind yourself of the numbers. I would never. No. Uh, there's there because there's like a ninety nine point nine percent chance that I get spoiled if I Google. You will probably yeah. So do, don't look it up. Uh, we will see if you can get all the God, numbers. I already feel spoiled by the IMDb page. <laughs> So, Even if I didn't check the episode numbers back in episode one, um, there or not the episode numbers, 
Do you know what I mean? But uh, I, even if I didn't check how many episodes... Casting e- time, yeah. Or, like, casting... How many times a character's in an episode? Yes. So even Appearances, if I, there we go. There we go. Even if I didn't check that in episode one, like, the banner on IMDb for Lost is, like, something about... Uh, like You know they do casting calls? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, a casting call. Yeah, right, but on IMDb, they, like, do videos... Uh, for specific actors for specific roles, you know, casting calls where they like talk about their audition and stuff like that. And like, it, they have a big banner of, with the video casting calls for Lost, and it's Jack, Kate, Locke, and Sawyer. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, if Sawyer is up, is being put on a banner with the other three, I don't think that raft is going very far. <laughs> At least not with Sawyer on it. Maybe he's dead weight. We'll have to find out in the next episode of Lost. Season 1 with episode uh, 24, Exodus Part 2. Part 1. Yeah, Part 1 and Part 2 of Part 2. It'll sit all next week, guys. Uh, If you want to contact us, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Uh... No, I'm not going to give the secret word this episode. I think I gave it last week. No need to give it again. And, I don't know. Share the podcast with the, any thing fan out there. Yes. Hey, no, here, here's a way you can share it. Um, people teach their animals tricks. Uh, so if you have a dog, teach them a trick. You know, you say show hoppers, and then maybe they, like, play dead. No, don't make them play dead, actually. That's the... I don't want that to be associated with dead, like someone dying. And I'm upset when they hear show hoppers. And so it goes, oh, that's why, why do you have your ducks? Why does he, why, why does he or she sit when you say show hoppers? Oh, well, now these, and then that, that's a great way to get an excuse to talk about the podcast without randomly bringing it up. Oh my God. There's a good transition into it. Yeah. Uh, syllables is much easier than that one syllable. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that, listen, oh. Listen, say what you want. Dogs, dogs catch on pretty quick. If you so, like, you want to go out, want to go for a walk. I, I've yet to meet a dog that's like over the age of like six months that does not immediately react to those words. You're right. So, I, the dog will pick up. It's more. It's probably more in the tone of the voice. But yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll uh, see you next week. <laughs>